so we are on episode what are we on podcast number eight podcast number eight type none podcast numero eight <laughs> and umesh just joined us so we're set to go let's do so, this so last time we talked a little bit we wrapped up 2018 right yep and uh, we promised that we would talk about moving forward into what we're doing with Ultraman in the next few weeks. We are, what, 25 days away? Um, yeah, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Say the number, it's like, all of a sudden, becomes a huge reality. But yes, yes we are. So what do we got, what are we working on in the next 20 days to get you there because we say 25 days that is until february 15th yeah that's actual race day start yeah and that's friday uh but you are going to your check-in is on tuesday correct so you're driving down like monday yeah driving down monday uh bike check will be tuesday as well as me actually checking in with the race directors me and a couple other guys are at the same time, and one of my friends that I raced with last time, Eric Tucker, will be coming down from New York, and uh, we, we have the same check-in time, which I'm excited about because just get to catch up with him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I remember that uh, comment on Facebook, you guys have a date. <laughs> I did not clear this date, okay? Looking forward to meeting you, Eric, <laughs> so we can chat about this a little bit more. But yeah, so head down Monday, uh, check in with the race director on Tuesday, bike check in Tuesday, Wednesday will be a lot of course recon, driving the bike and run course just to, to get a little bit of that down. Thursday is when the official stuff starts. We'll have the crew brunch, athlete and crew brunch, excuse me, where you are required to go. Um, if you're an athlete or a crew member, you're required to be there. Uh, and basically they go over any course changes due to construction or, you know, if there was an accident and they're going to be cleaning it up and blah, 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 and all those fun things that, that could pop up last minute, they'll go over all that stuff. And then it's also just a good time to kind of catch up with, with other athletes and their crews and, you know, the Ultraman Ohana, if you will. And then Friday morning, game on. Time to load up and get ready to race. Fri- a special thank you to Mateo and Maria for oh yeah keeping Umish with us while we're down there. <laughs> yep. Umish is uber excited about going and staying with, uh, I would say he's uber excited about going and staying with Mateo and Maria, but I think he's really excited to go and stay with Maya. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole family will be down there. I'll be heading down Thursday night after my shift. Not quite sure which shift that is yet. So I might be getting in like one o'clock in the morning or, um, 10 o'clock at night. So it'll be... It'll be fun. So there's that we still got to figure out. We're getting the rental van uh, squared away this week, and, and that's going to be the crew van to so we can follow you, get everything set up. And, and then we're also going to work on 
restocking all your supplies, your your noon, your salt stick, your hammer, um, any uh, – Umish, quit moving around so much. Cookie butter. Uh, okay, um, not cookie butter. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Totally need cookie butter for the race. That's what's going to keep me going. So just getting – Breaking all that down, um, so it's not a last minute like while we're down there supply buy, but kind of yeah, it, uh, and have it ready when we get the van. So you you take it down there with you and, and get all your gear. Yeah, I mean it, squared away because there's there's been a couple of texts. Hey, have you seen my 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 knee guards to my kit or whatever they're called? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not. My knee warmers. Knee warmers. That's what you know. Elbow warmers. All those things. It's like, baby, you gotta, you gotta keep track of those because we're really, really close. And given our weather recently, yep. I mean, he could be at just like last time. It could be eighty and disgusting, and he won't need those things. Or it could be you know windy and cold, and or like last time, be a combination of all of Florida weather. So. Yeah, the funny thing about this race is Florida in February, you quite literally have to pack for any type of weather and climate. It can be rainy, it can be sleet and hail, it can be cold, and cold being in the 30s. Um, Last time I raced, uh, it was 30 degrees, or I think it was like, 29 or 30 degrees at the at seven o'clock in the morning and they postponed the swim start by two hours uh they postponed the swim start till nine o'clock and it warmed up to 35 degrees and in florida 35 degrees you know that's pretty chilly i mean just above freezing that said day three was upper 80s humid and nasty so you know you you do in fact have to plan for any and every weather contingency uh, if it gets super rainy and windy out there, you know, it, it all adds to to the race experience. And I mean, Ultraman is not technically a an adventure race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's in the ultra endurance race category. But that said, running through uh, muddy clay hills um, on day three of a race, I, I would definitely, um, count in the adventure category. So a lot of, a lot of different things that, um, to prepare for, um, nutrition especially, uh, will be important making sure that I have as much electrolyte and carbohydrate, I guess, differences that, uh, that could come up if it's a, if it's a cold, cold weather race, then I won't need quite as much quick-acting carbohydrate stuff, but I will need good combinations of nutrition, meaning uh, fat, protein, and carbohydrates. If it turns out to be a hot and humid race condition um, race, I'll definitely need more quick-acting carbs um, because my, my blood sugars tend to drop a lot quicker during during those types of conditions. So... Literally, you just you have to prepare for anything and everything. It's a trip. You want to talk about your bike trainer? Oh yeah. So we also have um, my my old bike trainer. Uh, we po- we've posted a couple of pictures of my old bike trainer. I mean, I got this bike trainer 
when I was living in Oregon, maybe late 2010, early 2011. I got it at a secondhand store on the 50% off day. I think I got it for $8 or $16 or something like that. Um, and it's allowed. And or it was loud. Yeah. It is, but it worked. It's a, it's a fluid trainer. It's like a first edition fluid trainer. It's loud as all get out. Um, it was broken down. It was kind of rusty. I've had... It like, got you through your first Ultraman. But yeah, and I I mean, well, it's gotten me through everything that I've I've dealt with um yeah. since since coming back being on the brink and being sick and everything. I mean, that it's gotten me through a lot of of different uh variables um with regards to my health, with regards to actually specific training needs. It's gotten me through a lot. It's simple. It's it's the most basic trainer in the world. That said, it was also, quote, unquote, like just a broken down, (laughs) you know what. But that said, it worked. I mean, it was reliable. Until Um, it didn't. The one day, the day the trainer died. (laughs) Yeah. So, of course, you know, my lead up to this race is if we didn't have enough other um, variables. I know, Umish. Coming into play this go around. Umish agrees with me. He's like, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff. But my my bike trainer was was definitely when it when it dropped a week a week and a half ago. I mean, I tried to fix it. Yeah, I mean, it was that was right right before New Year's. Remember after Christmas, right before New Year's. So oh. it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Jeez. So there's a there's a new one coming, and despite the fact that we have 25 days, it, it's going to be helpful to have a new one in the in the 25 days. Yeah, being able to get on my bike um, and work those muscle groups as opposed to going to a gym bike and just trying to to get by is huge. So, you know, I, I definitely have to say thank you for putting that together and, and getting that shipped out. So in the lead up that we have going here, I mean, you know, we've got three weeks before before race time and it's been interesting um, just because the race is so close now. It's, kind of, it's one of those everybody that I talk to when they ask me, hey, what's going on? That's one of the biggest things I talk about. Why? Because, you know, it's such a big and important part of my life, what we're doing um, with That's regards. You're spending so much time at the gym, in the water, on the spin bikes right now. Yeah. And I mean... We were in the water uh, earlier today at the pool, LA Fitness, and met met a few guys who who were all training for their various triathlons. You know, half Ironman, full Ironmans, all this fun stuff. And you know, they all comment, <laughs> all made the comment, "Wow, you know, really like your swim stroke." Blah blah blah. And said, "Well, you know, I'm training for for Ultraman Florida here in in a few weeks." And you know, everybody, oh, Ultraman, you know. That was kind of cool, though. I, the fact that Ultraman is is becoming a, a known event. Um, I mean, five years ago, even within the triathlon community, Ultraman was not a known event. You, you mentioned Ultraman, everyone's like, huh? Nowadays, not that everybody knows what it is, but... You come across yeah. people that are familiar with triathlons and more and more becoming familiar with Ultraman. Yeah. Real nice guys, you know... Uh, Pretty funny. <laughs> um, so that that was cool to to connect 
you know, you've connected with a couple of people at LA Fitness, um, at the pool, you know, um, and it's just, it's, it's really neat to, to be able to reach out in different ways. Yeah. Making those connections, I think is, is important, not just to the sport in general, but I guess life as a whole, you know, reaching out and making connections with other people who share similar interests. It's the most authentic way that you're connecting. You know, we're not like ramming all this down people's throats when we go to go to LA Fitness and work out. We're we're just there sharing a lane and and you know, Crispy and Chris, he's a great swimmer and and people, I mean, they're just like, hey, look at that guy in the far left lane. Look at his stroke. Watch him do this. And then Chris just pops out and is like, here, do this. Watch this. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then the conversation starts. It's just being authentic and, you know, not having an agenda. Yeah. Being ourselves. And it's funny. There there have been a couple of times I'm at the pool and people that couldn't be further from triathlon, they're just in the pool and, you know, we, we start talking and. Um, before you know it, you've made a, a connection, a new friend. Like Elizabeth, you know, you know the, the one lady. Oh, yeah, know, yeah. You know, I'm just paddling away on the, you know, the little uh, kickboard, and she's like, we need him. We need him to teach us how to swim. I'm like, I know, I know, he's so good. You know, but, you know, everyone, it's 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 really nice, and I've, I've enjoyed that, and it's it's been a, a really fun adventure. Yeah, and we made a lot of connections um, this past weekend too with um, yes. with people at the uh, at the JDRF North Florida Type One Summit. Huh. Umish, Umish is aware of this. Umish is very excited about this. Yeah, so we were gonna go last year. We went to the Type One Summit here in Jacksonville, and it was really good and we were really excited about it and so I signed us up again and I signed us up for all different um, breakout sessions that way we could learn as much as possible and then come back and compare notes and whatnot afterwards and then Brooks uh, the director for North Florida JDRF got in touch with me and was like what do you think about Chris doing one of the breakout sessions would he be up for that and it was, you know, this kind of back and forth about, you know, him being certified or whatever. And and then they got, they got him the certified courses to take for him to become certified to do this. And so Chris went from attending the exercise in type 1 diabetes breakout session to teaching it. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a trip. Um, they got me... I, I had to do five uh, modules uh, online where... It's kind of like uh, short little courses with a pre-test, a post-test, you know, all these different things. And it's not like it took me a an extremely long amount of time, um, but several hours, you know, just going through. And interestingly enough, I, I knew all the material. I mean, there, there really wasn't anything new that I did not know about. But it was cool to, to kind of go through, refresh myself on some of it, as well as understand what it is that JDRF is, is putting out, um, you know, what they believe is important as far as type 1 diabetics and exercise go. I always like to, to stay up on what what different entities are putting out, be it the ADA, JDRF, anytime there is an entity that that is putting information out in the masses to the public, I always like to know what that is and then 
correlate that with again you know what what I know what I've done and things like that so but push through uh, I missed uh, on the five different modules all the testing I missed one question and total he was so mad about it I just texted him and he was like I missed a question I'm like I'm so sorry <laughs> Well, and the funny thing is, it, 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 this was a multiple choice question, and and there were two correct answers. Um, I, I clicked on C or whatever it was, and I was like, oh, well, actually, that's right. But they did, in fact, talk about A uh, in this particular module. So I clicked on A, and uh, and the right answer was C or whatever it was. But, and it, but there were two correct answers. Anyway... <laughs> So I stepped into his breakout session and, and the like 90% of the room was full. There was maybe five seats in the whole place that were empty. So, I mean, a good 30, 35 people. I think that room had enough for 40, I would say. He had a, a full house and what was really, I you know, bless him. Chris went through, after he did his modules, he had the PowerPoint presentation sent to him and it was like, 70 72 slides these breakout sessions are 60 minutes so he had 70 powerpoint slides to get through in 60 minutes and these weren't like pictures these were some of these were the full powerpoint was full of information you know just like a paragraph of information so he did a really good job i missed the beginning uh but that's kind of where he told his story from what he had told me afterwards he did it when I was in there. He did a really good job of connecting with people on a personal level, as well as getting this information across, and and answering questions and 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 having their experiences uh, involved. And I was really proud of him. He did a really great job because it's not an easy thing to do, and everybody's diabetes is different. You know, just because if, you know if everyone in that room actually had T1D, which not, you know, caregivers and parents and stuff. But if everyone in that room had type 1 diabetes, I would have been 40 people with different type 1 diabetes symptoms and, and how food and exercise affects their blood sugars. So it's not an easy thing to do with 70 slides, and it's not an easy thing to do with a bunch of people whose bodies react differently. But he did a really good job. I was I was super proud of him and you could tell he was he was geeking out even though you know he had a lot to go through he was geeking out with the information because he really does enjoy that information and that um that focus. So well this particular um PowerPoint slide was um was handed down from JDRF and we were oh, I'd say fortunate enough to to be nominated to present it. JDRF has a program called PEAK, um, and it's, uh, you know, P-E-A-K. Um, it's an acronym. Thanks, buddy. You don't say. Is there anything else on the subject Do you care to run? No? Okay. So PEAK, P-E-A-K, it's an acronym, and JDRF only selected a handful of cities throughout the U.S. to present this to at each of their summits, and Jacksonville happened to be one of them. Woohoo. The the hard part about the presentation is like Nora was just saying, each breakout session is an hour long. So 60 minutes. 
You're supposed to allow 10 minutes for questions and answers at the end. So you're down to 50 minutes. Most presenters, and I I talked with some of the other people that were there and and looked through uh, their slideshows, and they had maybe 15 slides, give or take. I had 70. Now, I got into the room a little early. I got there 10 minutes early because they wanted me there to, to set up my presentation. Well, the person who was presenting before me in that room was there talking with somebody else and kept talking and kept talking. And finally, we kind of had to usher her out because we needed to set up, you know, what I was going to be presenting. Well, that took a few minutes. The The girl, Alexander, she, she was amazing. You know, she's on there trying to figure out, trying to get everything to work correctly. The, the, the session was supposed to start at, I think, 10 o'clock. Um, 11. 11 o'clock. The, the girl before me didn't leave or didn't, didn't, we, we pushed her out, <laughs> um, like maybe two, three minutes before, before 11. Alexander got on there. The room filled up pretty quickly. And, and like Nora said, I mean, we had a packed house, which I was super grateful for. I mean, I always do geek out on this stuff, but knowing that there was a lot of people that were interested in it made me feel good. But Alexander's sitting on the computer trying to get things going. There was a a volunteer from JDRF who was supposed to announce me, and I went ahead and told him to to get rolling because um, with 70 slides in 50 minutes and all the information, um, I knew I was going to have a hard time getting through it all. Because this was the part of JDRF's peak program, I couldn't cut slides. I couldn't. No cotton corners. I, I, I couldn't, like... Which is totally understandable. Yeah. It's just, you know, with, um, given all of the the variables... Um, if, I had, if I had 90 minutes, I could have I very easily incorporated everything on all the slides and, and integrated it with the audience, um, I guess, in a way that I would have felt comfortable doing with... 50 minutes and really only maybe 45, 40 to 45 minutes um, because of all the technical issues. This is where I felt bad and I still feel bad that I wasn't able to go as in depth with things. But that said, um, the guy got up, he introduced me. Uh, Alexandra was still working with the computer. So I gave a quick condensed version of my story just to let him know who I was, why I was there presenting, you know, my experience with uh, T1D and exercise, um, which I, I think, you know, kind of helped everybody get a feel for why I was, in fact, there presenting. Um, but Alexander, as I'm as I'm going through my story, you know, Alexander stood up and kind of gave me the thumbs up. I was like, OK, we, we good. You know, just just hit the over button and we're, she's like, yep, you're good to go. So, and that also actually gave me a couple of minutes. I, I pulled the audience to see who was a T, T1D, who was a caregiver, who was on a pump, who was giving multiple daily injections, things like that. So that I knew who my audience was and, and you know, who I could specify for. So running through the slides, um, there were certain things that I would go through a little quicker and just tell people, hey, if this pertains to you, you know, star it. If you do have questions later, let me know or, or uh, you know, ask me at the end or 
you know, you can get a hold of me. Um, you handed out business cards. Yeah, I handed out my business cards, and I and at the very end, I said, "Remember, you can always reach out to your JDRF office, and and they'll be able to direct you." Yeah, I think you know. Last year, we were we really, really enjoyed the summit. We learned a lot, and we connected with people. And I think this year, what what we got out of it mostly was the connecting with people, you presenting. I really enjoyed Anastasia's keynote speaking at the beginning. She was It was really great to meet her. I really enjoyed that. Pam and Brooks always do um, a really great job. Uh, this year, it was just a little bit different. Uh, I was a little... That what I had signed up for, like I said, both the ones they were they ended up being a little bit different. Did I learn stuff? Yes, but I gave my feedback, and I hope you know that that works. But it also works for us in terms of what we're trying to do, in terms of a nonprofit, and and where we can help fill in gaps that aren't being met by JDRF or ADA. And I'm not saying JDRF North Florida. I'm saying JDRF as a whole, ADA as a whole. Some of these non bigger nonprofit organizations where it's like, oh well, you kind of have to deal with. on your own it's like well everybody's dealing with this on their own so you know we take away that but mostly you know we just had a great time connecting with people uh our type one uh run groupies were there as well and we really enjoyed that uh jess and unfortunately jeff couldn't make it but jess and brendan and john um yeah who who are you know big geek advocates now of chris's (laughs) And one of the things that we're really excited about, hopefully to make happen, getting Chris a CGM. We talked to the, yes, Umish, thank you. We talked to Eversense. We think we're thinking along those lines. Yeah, Eversense is a a new um, continuous glucose monitoring system. It is something that is actually implanted in you. There's a little microchip that goes in your arm. Uh, it stays in for 90 days. So every 90 days, you do have to get a, a, a new chip implanted. That said, it's so small. I mean, you're talking about a, a couple of millimeter incision site to get this chip put in you. And then you just stick a little uh, sensor over the top of it. And it, that communicates via Bluetooth. And in the lead up to Ultraman Florida... You know, we've been looking at several different CGM devices that could basically asking ourselves what would be the most beneficial. I wanted something that was Bluetooth enabled so that Nora and my crew could look at their smartphone and say, "Okay, this is where Chris's blood sugar is. You know, it's trending down. We need to make sure he's he's aware of this and, you know, get get me the nutrition that I need. That said, it also allows me you know, to look at my phone or have a computer up and say, okay, hey, I'm starting to go down. I need to get with my crew. That said, there's nobody in Jacksonville that does this. So right now, today, what I'm doing is contacting my doctor's office, trying to get in the portal system for Eversense to get their office updated with, uh, with the information and then get a prescription going for me. I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow morning, so I'll go in um, get some insulin and hopefully make sure that everything is okay for ever since. And then, um, maybe in the next week, uh, seven to 10 days, I may, uh, take a very quick day trip down to Orlando in order to have this microchip implanted into my arm 
And then I won't be able to swim for a few days afterwards while that heals. But if everything goes right, fingers crossed, we are up and running. Um, I have a good week to 10 days uh, before I start racing that, that this thing is in and make sure everything is, is working. And Which is exciting because they're working with us, which we hadn't got with other companies that apparently, well, we're just, you know, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. I'm sure other people have had better experiences, but, you know, we've, we've worked our butts off to try to get something. <laughs> we've been working on this for nearly a month, month and a half now, and, and now we're close to the wire. And, and ever since, the people there have just been like, yeah, we can, let's make this work. Get in touch with you. Like they're helping us. So that's exciting. And that's, that's what we want to help people find is people that'll work with you. And speaking of people that'll work with you back to Anastasia, she was the the keynote speaker. Yeah. She was the first keynote speaker this year. And, um, Anastasia, she works down at the University of Florida. She's the director for the diabetes education and clinic operations. Uh, and, one, she's just an awesome person. Yeah. Um, she's a, a caregiver. She, her daughter is a type 1 diabetic. And one, she's super smart. Two, she just she really is an amazing person. And I'm hoping to hook up with her after um, Ultraman to go down to some of their camps and clinics and speak with the kids down there. I think that would be super fun. But she's always... She's just, she always has that upbeat attitude, but in a very uh, realist position, you know, optimistic, but she understands the difficulties that come with, with type one diabetes. I believe her daughter is like 15, 16 years old. 16, I believe. So, and she, she was diagnosed with it very young. So she's been, uh, Anastasia has been dealing with this for a long time and just always, always looks for the positives and what. What can happen? What can she do? What can she help out with? And not just for uh, individuals, but the diabetic community as yeah. a whole, which is really cool. But yeah, lots going on right now. A lot going on for, lead up to to UMFL 2019. Well, definitely before before we end this, definitely want to thank Anastasia for coming and being the keynote speaker at this year's summit or one of the keynote speakers of this year's summit. And definitely want to thank... Brooks and Pam and Alexandra for putting putting the summit together and, and for the opportunity to be able to present on exercise and T1D there. It meant it meant a lot to me. Always appreciate any opportunity to help out the T1D community. And especially when I get to geek out on things like exercise and nutrition and, and T1D. It's right up my alley. So, you know, big big thank you to to those guys for for helping out and putting everything together. Super fun and exciting to see Mike with Stay Put Medical. Real oh, quick, yeah. by the way. Um, I'm excited to, to talk with him a little bit more. We've always been uh, big fans of his and helping him, um, promoting what he does, getting people connected with Stay Put. You know, when Chris was on a, a pump, he used uh, the Stay Put. And, I mean, he Chris, when he's out of water, he sweats like he's a fish in water. So, you know, when, when we, when we put our, our word behind something, it's because it works and always love connecting with Mike, you know, again, seeing our type one run buddies. And we've got our next run on the second. Yeah. February 2nd, UNF trails. 
type one run Jacksonville. So uh, that'll be fun and exciting. And then beyond that, it's just focusing on getting getting him a CGM, getting him continued to 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 be training and healthy and and getting all this locked down. Ultraman Florida is coming up way too quickly, but it's gonna be so much fun. I'm so excited for it. We have anything else for this go around? I think that's it. Dig it. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any questions, hit us up on social media. I'm Chris Clark Athletics on Facebook and Instagram, or you can go to our website, my initials, CLC, and then T1DAthlete.com. And I'm Nora L.B. Clark on Twitter and Instagram, and I his Facebook. Yeah, so Chris Clark <laughs> Athletics at Facebook or Instagram, CLCT1DAthlete.com. Hit us up. Subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions, let us know. We'll, we'll be happy to answer them. We good? Yeah. Cheers, guys. Take it. Cheers, guys.